Hello and welcome to Dungeon Regular, a show about modules, adventures, and dungeons. I'm Nova, also known as Idle Cartillery, and I'm reading through Dungeon Magazine one module at a time. I'll summarise that module, talk about its strengths and weaknesses, and then talk about a few interesting things about it that could be used at the table or impact your own homebrew design. Today I'm going to talk about The Book With No End by Richard W. Emmerich, the last module in issue number 3, January 1987. This one is a huge module and part of a trend I'm seeing, and is mentioned in the editorial, of the modules being submitted to Dungeon Magazine slowly getting longer and longer. This is 23 pages of small print three column layout and would easily these days be released as a standalone zine length module rather than as a submission to a magazine. For that reason alone, it's not something that's likely to get table play. I've found that so far most of the modules that re feel really useful in Dungeon Magazine have been modules that are easily dropped into a pre-existing campaign rather than as something to be played as a standalone landmark campaign in and of itself. In the preface, it suggests that this is a module intended to trick Monty Hall-style gamers into picking up magical items that are secretly traps. This sets off alarm bells straight away for me, but the premise is sound. A funhouse dungeon that is that way because of the mistakes of an evil wizard who left clues as to the nature of the dungeon throughout it before he finally succumbed to the power of the magical book that he created. It consists of wilderness travel section of no particular interest, the tower itself, surprisingly only a single level, as well as a few appendixes, and its reliance on AD&D spells mean that it'd be best with an AD&D clone or a game like Old School Essentials. What can we take back to our table from The Book With No End, even if we don't use it in our home campaign? Number one, hooks. I actually don't dislike box text. I think there's a place for it, but I don't like long box text. And the introductory scene here is a six minute long read aloud. It's reminiscent of a fair few modern modules that basically say, this is your job, this is your equipment, go, but in a far more long-winded fashion. I think we could have presented the same information in a paragraph or two to be honest. I'm seeing myself favour a very specific type of book the more I read through these, and that's either a table consisting of a few randomised hooks, or a single simple one paragraph hook. One part of the issue here, though, is that the author's intent is that the player characters are deceived by the wizard. I don't actually think that deception is really necessary for the module to work, and so I think the expansion of the hook to accommodate this makes it even more egregious an oversight. When we're trying to hook the players into a scenario, it should be brief and to the point. You need to retrieve an unusual book. It's held in a deadly tower. I don't know what awaits you, but you get hazard pay. Number two. His name isn't important. This is a sentence buried in the introductory paragraph, and it's a sentence that in my opinion has a ton of potential, given the right context. His name is not important says to me that our quest giver is lying to us. It says that the name really is important, that our player characters have heard his name, and would recognise the evils associated with it. I'm not seeing that this is actually set up in this module. But I suspect strongly in the home campaign that's based on, the reveal of, oh, this is such and such, the Magi's Tower? We're doomed! On the second level would be a highly dramatic one. This could have been capitalised on with a simple note in your home campaign. Replace Magus with an evil wizard of ill renown that your players are already familiar with. I could see this wizard being replaced with a score of classic villains, to be honest, in a really interesting way. Number three, wilderness approaches. The more wildernesses I read, the less they stand out, I must say. I feel like I've gone on about wilderness travel, sameness for the last two or three episodes running, but it applies here as well. 
I'm not entirely convinced that there's value in these smaller modules featuring wilderness travel at all, as the best approach to their direct use is to drop them into your campaign, and it's likely you already have a wilderness in which to travel that you've created and have your own rules for. Here, there's to some degree a purpose. There's a desolation surrounding the tower, and the wilderness covers that desolation. But I want some weird and wonderful magical desolation encounters if that's the case. They aren't to be found here. Even more so, the wilderness here is supposed to conceal the object of the module, which is the tower, making it harder to find. It wants you to engage with its own navigation by the stars subsystem, which, if that's the way your table prefers to navigate, I'm all for it. But requiring some other table with their own travel procedures to use this system seems silly. It really belongs in Dragon Magazine, not here. I'm strongly of the opinion that if I'm writing a short module, it should be pretty focused on its core theme. Here, that's the tower itself and the magic items inside it. It shouldn't be hard to find the object of your topic unless that difficulty is accompanied by engaging and interesting outcomes. Give us clues, give us weird encounters that foreshadow what's inside the tower. Make the wilderness part of the dungeon in some way, and that makes it more worth explicating. Number four, Funhouse Dungeons. I don't hate Funhouse Dungeons, and the approach that this dungeon takes, in theory, I think, is an excellent one. Envisioning the Funhouse Dungeon as a conversation with a deranged robotic mind. In this case, it's more than one version of the same wizard, long deceased, leaving messages for whoever came here. Honestly, this is a lot of fun as a parent. I don't, however, feel like it fulfills its potential, because most of the communication from the Des Wizard either appears in the guise of a clue or a riddle, and they are tied to specific challenges. I'd much rather have our Mad Wizard leaving his scrawl over every room, have the players piecing together his intentions and history, the story of which happened in this place becoming slowly clear as you progress through the dungeon, and then occasionally they are faced by a fiendish puzzle because his fragile mind can't handle the power he wrought. Number five, size. For one of the longest modules I've read so far in Dungeon Magazine, the tower itself is only 26 rooms long. 11 of these rooms I'd consider empty rooms. I'm not opposed to a smaller dungeon, but with this tower being only one floor, I feel like the opportunity of the Funhouse Dungeon is somewhat squandered by placing all of these rooms on one floor, as well as the concept of tower being somewhat muddled in my mind, as towers do not usually have only one floor. I think that giving this tower more floors, say five floors or five or six rooms, leaving the empty rooms in place, would have given the author more opportunity to tell some kind of story that gradually unfolds. Or reveal the hidden backstory that was laboriously explained at the beginning of the module through environmental storytelling or through the revelations from the Ghost of Wizards past. If we consider dungeons or towers as exercises in spatial design, we can use the arrangement of the space to tell stories or develop themes something that's harder if we put everything in the same place. Number six, creative challenges. Honestly, I'm a little shocked that it's taken me this long to talk about making challenges in a more modern style. Basically what I see here a lot is that challenges are designed with only one solution in mind. This isn't something that shouldn't exist at all, to be clear. The front door, given this is designed as a higher level dungeon, is a door that might reasonably be level-gated to higher level wizards, if that's your style. I understand why an all-powerful wizard might lock his tower with a spell that is only available to powerful wizards like himself. But even then, it would be my preference to include in the tower that his magic was decaying, or that the tower itself was collapsing, and that because of that there was a back way for those witty enough or brave enough or so inclined to search. At a broader level, though, 
we should be avoiding single solution challenges. There is, for example, a chess puzzle in room 24 that has a very specific solution that I struggle to discern even after a close read of the two-page description. This solution has no clear secondary solutions, although I could envision one secondary solution that the referee is clearly discouraged from allowing. A challenge that takes two pages to explain is not a challenge that's likely to be overcome, in my opinion. But it's a mad wizard. That's exactly the kind of egotistical choice a mad wizard would make. So I'll allow a chess puzzle, just not one with no alternative solutions for the players who don't play chess. Let's remember then, unless we're locking something away for a reason, our challenges shouldn't have a set solution. That's the book with no end in a nutshell. I hope that you'll join me for the next episode of Dungeon Regular. If you have any questions, please reach out. I'm on Twitter, Blue Sky, and Mastodon at Idle Cartillery. And I write reviews and blog at playfulvoid.game.blog. If you'd like to support Dungeon Regular, please visit my Kofi at co-v forward slash idlecartillery. You can make a one-off donation or become a member. Members get free copies of Dungeons Regularly, my zine of blank dungeon maps, with tables and lists to help you populate them. You can make suggestions for future bathtub reviews and get to see bathtub reviews a week in advance on my Kofi before they go public. Our theme music is an extract from Turning the Page by Coco Samaya on the free music archive used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you for listening to Dungeon Regular. <laughs>